0: Sonic states
1: hello and welcome to Sonic talk number 104 this is uh, another one of our live uh, recordings and of course um I'd like to welcome everybody here. Um, there's a, quite a full chat room, actually. We've got Andreas, Audio Need, BBBBBB Dex, uh, Tony, so I can see there, Ian Webb, KC, uh, Klaus, Lee and Camp in Bristol. Hey, that's just down the road from us, Mark JXP. There's actually too many for me to say, which is, is nice. So we're all getting on there. So I'd like to also welcome my uh, local guests. Well, my, my, my sort of remote local guests. Uh, I'll start with Mr. Dave Robinson from uh, prosoundnewseurope.com.
0: I'm local, am I?
1: Well, you're local as in you're in my... You know, well, yeah, you're in the same country and uh, we're I feel like I'm sat in your lap. Phys- <laughs> if only you were, Dave, you might be able to help me out.
0: I'm um, having a bit of trouble. Perhaps we'll change the subject.
1: Yes, perhaps we should. Anyway, Dave, uh, are you well?
0: Uh, I'm very good. I've just... Um, uh, I was just in Scotland yesterday and last week I was um, in um, New England, the where Mr Hilton comes from, I've, yep. uh, I've just learned. And I was uh, driving round in a big red Dodge Charger, um, getting um, looks, strange looks from uh, from young boys who, were obviously, envious of my of um, uh, my big muscle car.
1: <laughs> I say,
0: <laughs> there's nothing rude about that.
1: No, I suppose not. I suppose there isn't, um, I, and I, I'm sure it's perfectly innocent. It just doesn't sound that way, you know, Dave. No, and I remember, it is live. And you, yeah. you presumably haven't oh, got no, your laptop. I've it already. You can't see where the laptop. What, what's going on in the um, in the uh, ooh, in the chat room? I can't. No. Well, uh, it's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Have I been reported already? <laughs> anyway, uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, of, of, of course, you can find Dave Robinson at ProSoundEurope and his fabulous magazine is online digitally, which you can get and stuff. Yeah. So do right. Uh, and uh, next up, we've got Mister Rich Hilton from Connecticut. Good morning. How are you doing, Rich? Real well, thank you. Beautiful
2: so, time of year. Excellent. So you've been busy? A little bit of studio work. Uh, no gigs lately. Got one coming up next month. And uh, been trailing around my kids' marching band quite a bit, and that's been great. Having some fun family time. Well,
1: thanks for joining us. Uh, Rich Hilton can be found at myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. Uh, next up, we've got Mr.
3: Mark Tinley from uh, Cambridgeshire. I've been to Scotland this morning.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, you said you weren't going to be able to make it, but you've actually been to Scotland. I've been to Scotland. Which is how far from your house and back have you been today?
3: Uh, about 600 miles. But I got up at 4 a.m. and I was back home by 11. So I left here at 4 and I was back by 11. That included going to Aberdeen and then getting on a plane and coming back, checking in and coming back. So that, um, I mean, that included driving to the airport and back again. So. And my ex-wife couldn't believe it because I rang her and said, right, are you okay? Have you got the kids then? Because I had to leave them in the airport because she was late. And I was kind of like thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm leaving like an 11- and a 13-year-old on their own and just getting on a plane and going back to England. I shouldn't be doing this. But she said, no, no, it's fine. And then she was, hang on a minute, where are you? And I said, oh, I've landed. I'm in Luton. I'm just getting in the car to drive home. And she's like, God, I'm not even home yet. And she'd driven like... 50 <laughs> miles in the time it took me to fly back so it's all quite amazing really isn't it the the power of
1: modern technology and in transportation indeed indeed well mark i'm glad to, i'm glad you did make it and thank you very much for joining us uh we've also got uh mr dave spears from g 4 software dot com
2: Hello. how
1: are you <laughs> doing, dave i'm all right yeah
4: i'm dazed dazed why what's been happening to you i went for my hospital appointment this morning for my audio therapy and whatnot Okay. Which is quite bizarre. So what did they do? Did
1: they prod you and poke you and um, do all those things?
4: Yes, and then we made love. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm very happy for you.
1: (laughs) What an unusual relationship you have with your therapist. (laughs) (laughs) What's
4: what's audio therapy, Dave? Well, I've had this sort of, you know, mad ear thing, this labyrinthitis, allegedly... Oh, Oh, somebody here on the chat room has been to Reading Hospital. Yes, that's where it was. Two hours I waited, and then they took me into this room. It was brilliant. And then they put you in this kind of isolation booth, like Mr. and Mrs., as we were discussing earlier. And uh, they put these headphones on you, and they give you all these test tones. Of course, the guy was really fascinated, because obviously I know a little bit about audio. So I was saying that we'd done the sweep tests before, and I could still hear 15K and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was quite interesting. So there's a window they put these headphones on you and there's a window and he's right outside the window with this gizmo and he pushes a button and you have a little gizmo in your hand where you push a button when you can hear the tone but of course you can see him punching the button so it's really easy to cheat and i want a caravan
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey i was gonna say because that sounds like you go in there is it like mr and mrs or the golden shot where you had to go in a special kind of glass thing and they ask your partner questions while you have a headphone listening
4: to light orchestra music quite surreal yeah very close to that and then they took me out and put me in this room and then made me do he kind of the doctor sort of held my head it's called vestibular rehabilitation therapy and it's to kind of trick your brain into thinking that you know you you can kind of balance yourself which is a bit difficult so he kind of slams your head down on the side of this bench (laughs) and then does it the other side and all the time he's saying look into my eyes because obviously he's trying to work out what my eyes are doing in order to balance myself and i'm thinking at which point is he going to start to molest me? Yeah, <laughs> where's the web, where's
3: the webcam feed? <laughs> it's very very very. How far up the frequency range did they test you? Did they test you beyond eight
4: kilohertz or only up to eight? No, no, they only did eight, but it was levels as well. You know, sort of minus twelve, minus eight dB. It's quite interesting. Uh, right ears, brilliant. Uh, left ear's screwed, and that's the ear that I have all the problems with. Does that narrow it down at all? Are they kind of Is that getting them anywhere? No, God. narrowed it that's... down to the left one. Yeah, have these drugs go away and come back. But the cool thing is they put this thing in your ear, and they bounce a kind of sonar probe, so they fire a bit of audio, hits your eardrum, and it comes back, and they register. And obviously they can tell which ear's out because the curve is lesser on one ear than the other. Hey, there's someone in the chat room called Trust1TE, uh,
1: Trust and he says, certain frequencies disorient me. So it sounds similar sort of thing. An audio nerd says, stereo is overrated anyway.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh,
0: <laughs> I found if I consume pints of lager at a very high frequency, that often disorients me.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. That's more like theta waves, though, isn't it? That's sort of
3: in the... Yeah, that's
1: right. (laughs) The sub.
3: (laughs) Oh, I bet no, theta waves are really slow. I've been playing around with uh, brain brain synchronisation.
1: So anyway, let's go on with it. iTunes uh, Genius. I just downloaded... um, It's in the iTunes version 8.01 or something. Uh, You download it, and... It gives you recommendations based on the songs that you select. And you think, uh, and I was thinking, oh, this can't be any good. But what it does is you click on a song and it says, here's um, some other songs by the same artist that you haven't got. Here's some other songs by the same artist that are highly rated. And here's some other re- recommendations based on this kind of music. And I was actually really quite surprised. I- I'll play you something. Uh, let's give it a try. I started out with, um, who did I start with? I'll start with Chris Clark. So let's just have him. Yeah, we can hear it. Okay, so this is Chris Clark. This is uh, called Hair Bar, and it's off Body Riddle, which is actually a really good uh, album on Warp Records. And now we're into Multiply by Machine Drum. So there we go. Those are the recommendations it came up with. You finished off with the Mantovani Orchestra there. No, that last one was Daedalus, something called Fall in Love. So from Chris Clark, it went to Machine Drum, which is a band that sounded quite good, somebody called Preview 73, which I enjoyed, Sepia, and then Daedalus. And they were all kind of, um, they seemed to be, you know, actually quite relevant and i thought oh this does work then i don't know how i mean the thing is is if it doesn't work and can't find anything it just says yeah whatever anyway here are the top 10 um, tunes on itunes at the moment and they're completely (laughs) yeah well you know this is thing because what you can do is quite clever the genius bar works it shows you the recommendations a little thumbnail of the artwork and you can press a little button and you that that's me just pressing the preview buttons and then you can buy it if you like it and it seems you know i mean obviously it's commercially driven but it what it was a I think it's a really good idea, because I was very sceptical. there's nothing new, is it? Yeah, okay, well, it's new to me.
0: Well, it's, but it's Pandora, isn't it? It's Last FM. It's, it's the whole sort of, you know, you like a song, we recommend you a song. It's just Apple adapting, maybe even licensing the technology, I don't know, but taking on that, that kind of idea.
1: I'm not saying it's new. I'm saying it's new to me, and I was, th- this was going to throw up something that was actually, there's a lot of these things around, and can we actually trust yeah. machines to to recommend music to us? No. Well, Pand-
0: <laughs> Pandora showed that with the, with the genome project that they could um, build up a technology that uh, that takes into account your tastes and recommends. And uh, I think it's all well and good as long as um, Apple aren't foisting, um songs on you that uh, that you're forced to buy. That's uh, that's the important thing. God bless them.
1: Well, you're not forced to buy any of them, but you can buy them. But um, there are others, obviously. um, There's the filter, which is the Peter Gabriel thing. Does anyone else use anything service like this?
3: This is where I went with it. I asked it to make recommendations based on a song in my iTunes library of other songs in my iTunes library, and I was kind of confused by the result. And I put in Lou Reed's Satellite of Love, and I got back Iggy and the Stooges' Search and Destroy, and then I also got Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen – And uh, I mean, there's a whole list of things that uh, XTC making plans for Nigel and things that just holidays in the sun as well. It threw up loads of Sex Pistols tracks in response to Satellite of Love. Why? It doesn't make sense to me.
1: I don't know how it works. I mean, presumably it just works on some sort of XML tagging. I doubt very much if it actually analyzes the audio. We've
0: got the word punk written at the end of the track.
3: The word punk. Maybe. Yes, that's probably what it is, isn't it? Something I used on Sunday. I was out, and my daughter said to me, "What's this track, Dad?" And she was listening to something on the radio. And I've put Shazam in my uh, in my iPhone, so I went, "Oh, I can d- I can find out for you." And I clicked on this Shazam thing, thinking it's never going to work. And it t- took a twelve-second clip of the song off the radio, and it spat back out what it was. I was absolutely gobsmacked. Um, um, I don't know how it works, but it's bloody. Well, that, yeah.
1: I mean, that does work on anal- analytic stuff, doesn't it? I mean, that that is kind of fairly,
3: yeah.
1: fairly clever.
2: I actually didn't expect to like it, and at first was resistant to the idea. And then I decided to go ahead and do it on one computer. And first thing I knew, I was playing something, and I saw something over there on their list that interested me. And I li- listened to a snip of it, and I went ahead and bought it. So. I've been sucked in. <laughs> Indeed, you have. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool, and I spent money because of it. So, well, it's compelling. It is compelling. For. You know, I enjoy. I, I don't mind it, and if you do mind it, you can just shut it off.
1: Okay, uh, um, Dave Spears. Hello?
4: I haven't installed it yet. Haven't you? I might. It doesn't take long. No, as- I should do. I didn't like the recommendations it threw up previously on the on the older iTunes. I, I, think it kept throwing up lindisfarne for me and i was quite <laughs> upset by that <laughs> fog on the time is all mine all mine yeah it was like how did we get this i don't own any lindisfarne records or anything like it honest
1: anyway all right well the, anyway that was itunes genius and related kind of things and the the, the basically the, it seems like we're saying yes it can work dave have you tried the itunes that genius yet
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't. But uh, I've um, I've signed up to filter. Um, it's one of those things. It's interesting that Mr. that is is uh is behind, you know, one of the uh, the uh, the guys behind the technology. And also there's another guy called Dave Roberts who was uh, I used to work with it, um, at Future. Actually, he's the I think he's the CEO of the company. But um, sorry, Future Publishing. He published Future Music and Community yeah, Music Magazine. I know them. Um, it's a it's a little little bath. Um, it's another bath mafia thing, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but um, I like the idea, but I like the fact that they it's not just about music; it's about movies, and uh, you know, kind of. Love, if you join up with love film, which I have then they recommend the other films you might like. And filter seems to be doing a bit of everything. I, I do like the idea, as as somebody who likes to seek out new things and maybe not have to work too hard to do it. I do like the idea. It's just I've got to apply myself a little bit more to actually make the most of it. But I think it's a sort of thing that you could very easily get sucked into, like Rich said, in the same way as once I, once I worked out what I could do with Pandora, I could, I could almost not bring myself to switch it off because I just wanted to see what it would throw up next. And I found that it almost had a limited circulation, but I quite liked hearing the same songs over and over again. What, what annoys me with iTunes, though, <laughs> is you have to keep updating it and and you can't use uh, you, you buy the latest iPod and you have to have the latest version of the OS and it's no good trying to use version seven of iTunes if you've got uh, if you've got the latest iPod because you have to have iTunes oh eight and oh dear that's just that's a bit that annoys me I have to say
4: yeah well fair enough no one other thing I spend way too much money on iTunes with the apps and the films and the cartoons and the music I mean I must must be doing about thirty forty quid a week on this
1: no really. Okay, at this point, I'd just like to thank our sponsors, Yamaha Music Production, who've been with us almost since the beginning and continue to be there for us. Thank you, Yamaha Music Production, especially Peter in the UK. Uh, and I want to tell you about the Pocket Track 2G, which is a 2 gigabyte personal recorder. It's like a size of... Well, it's like two pencils together. It's very, very small. It's got a built-in mic, stereo mic, built-in limiter, line-in, and a speaker, uh, so you can listen for confidence listening. It's ideal for journalists, dictaphone, live recordings, uh, recordings of podcasts, for instance. Uh, It does MP3, WMA, does all sorts of stuff. It's got a built-in mic. You can play the audio back at half speed, so it's ideal for transcribing or maybe learning how to play something, uh, and it time-stretches it it in real time. It's very cool. Uh, It comes with... A USB extension cable, stereo earphones, leather carrying case and a stand adapter, as well as Cubase AI. Uh, you can find out more about this at yamahasynth.com forward slash products forward slash pocket track. Track spelt T-R-A-K. And once again, thank you very much to Yamaha Music Production for their continued sponsorship of the podcast. Uh, now, this was kind of interesting because... Uh, Basically, Reason have teamed up, well, it looks like, with Focusrite, um, because what they're doing is they're giving away a load of um, prizes. And you can win a Sapphire Pro 40, uh, KRK G2 and Sub, and a remote SL Compact 25 as the first prize. Uh, second prize is, I don't know, some Reason stuff. But basically, you've got to use the Reason electric base refill or the electric-based demo refill Uh, which you can download from them to create a killer bass line. Your funky masterpiece must conform to the following guidelines. It must consist of bass, drums and percussion only. must be based on the Reason Electric Bass refill or demo. cannot use any other refills and it must be eight bars long. I thought, well, that's something we can promote the competition. But then it got me thinking about, what about people's favourite bass lines? Um, Because I I had a few and I'd like to just play a couple for you because I can. Uh, And this is probably one of my most favourites.
5: Some of the busiest rhymes ever made by man are going into this micro by this hand. They're coming out of this mouth in in by this tongue. I tell you now, my man, my name is Young. But so you think that this is your destiny to get the best of me? But I suggest to be the quiet or don't even try. From the east and west of me, taking it and never breaking it, or even shaking it, grooving it and always moving it, because 'cause I'm not
1: thinking. Here it. we go. Out
5: rhymes like books off the shelf. Born in England, raised in for myself. This is stone cold no fills, no fluffs, and it's no accident that these rhymes sound tough. I'm going off, baby, there's no turning back. I'm on your TV, on the album cassette, and ain't tracking when the show is finally finished.
1: There we go, that was Young MC and Know How. And uh, the other one that I've got to say I must play because this is a real cracker as well is uh, this guy. Funking for Jamaica, Tom Brown. So there's two of mine. Yay. So let's have. I think that was a mini mood looking at the video. In fact, on YouTube, I'll put the link in the show notes because the video to that is brilliant. It's basically got them all in this uh, in a studio. They're playing the sh- song live, or at least recreating it, whatever they're doing. But they've got this amazing sort of microphone cage setup where they're all just. They've got all their mics are just hanging down from the ceiling, and they're just sort of singing. It, it, it's brilliant. It's, it's a real piece of studio memorabilia to watch. Baselines, let's have them.
0: Snap. Rhythm is a
1: dancer. Oh, I don't believe you.
0: <laughs> it's a big fat sound. And I'm serious as cancer when I say that.
1: <laughs> that rhythm is a dancer. <laughs> Turbo B responsible some of the finest rap lines European pop history has ever seen. Can I mention a few? Yeah, go on, go on.
0: Because I, I, um, I even went to the Stylus magazine to find its top 50 baselines. Some very interesting choices there. You should, uh, you should check that out because they've got, some um, learned, uh, correspondents talking about why they've picked. And they've got everything from, um, everything from pig bags. Papa's got a brand new pig bag to, uh, Primus Jerry, Jerry, was a race car driver through, um, uh, the Orbs Blue Room and Joe Wobbles, which is very good. And, uh, their number one is, uh, Under Pressure by Queen. Ah. Which is, is, is phenomenal uh, as... Well, you know, it's it's certainly very memorable. Everybody knows it. Um, mainly because of uh, vanilla ice, I thought. But I think there's a, there's a definition... Is is, is there, is there a, a division between bass line and bass riff here? No, uh, well, I don't think so.
1: Because, but, I mean, a riff is, for me, is more memorable than a bass line, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Because, i I say, you know... Someone,
0: some of the one of the greatest bass lines like, in modern pop I think something like um you know It's My Life by Talk Talk which is which is fabulous and sort of you know kind of really uh, as a baseline very very melodic and a and a great song as well. Yeah, true. Then on true. the other, the other end I think something, something simple like uh, Orbital's Halcyon and on and on with its uh, solid bass, you know, the dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. You know, it's, that, it's a, it's a bass line that's defined not only by the rhythm and the structure, but by the actual sound itself.
1: Anybody else? Rich Hilton, how
2: would you like to... Would you like to have a go? Sure. Um, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> but I think I want to start with Bernard Edwards, um, who, Ooh, of course, oh, has written some of not only... The, one of the greatest bass lines of all time in Good Times, but it's one that's been sampled and done over and uh, uh, nodded towards in songs like Another One Bites the Dust and any number of other songs that are based basically on the Good Times bass line. Um, and not just Good Times either. His bass, his, the bass line to We Are Family is just unbelievably cool too. And uh, there's just tons of them. So uh, in general, I'd start with Bernard Edwards' And then I'd also say that anything I hear Jerry Barnes playing on stage is among my favorite bass lines ever. And uh, Flashlight by Parliament, Bernie Worrell's Moog bass, uh, pretty classic. Um, John Entwistle's playing in The Real Me by The Who is pretty incredible and over-the-top. And then uh, much of uh, the best early work of Jaco Pistorius.
1: Ah, yes. Heavy. What's the What's that one? Uh, B- uh, the Birdman one. That's the classic, isn't it? Is it-
2: Birdland, Birdland is the song you're thinking of, but his songs uh, were more along the lines of Teen Town, and uh, he did this incredible version of Charlie Parker's Donnelly, and uh, just the bass lines in general that he played. In the uh, mid mid to late seventies, were unbelievable and uh, really rocking, but more along the lines of the thick percolating thing. Um, and on the subject of thick percolating guys, how about the guy from Tower of Power, uh, Prestia Rocco Prestia, who's unbelievable?
1: Ah, really? okay. I'm not familiar with their stuff, but I've I must try I must check them out. They're very brassy, aren't they? They've oh, lost yeah. A big brass section. Yeah,
2: yeah. But the rhythm say se- the rhythm section's killing. Yeah, Prestia's is amazing.
1: Okay, well, marks. Mark Tinley, I suspect you might have a an interesting interesting choice for us.
3: Most of the bass lines I like are either electronic or fretless. So okay. I've got the Eurythmics. The Eurythmics sisters are doing it for themselves because that's got that big kind of boom 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 oh, no, no, thing that just kind of bounces in and out of pop for me. I like that. Uh, I feel love. Blue Monday. Yep. Um, and then in the more kind of the funky kind of area, I actually like Roadblock by Stockhaken and Waterman. Oh, yes, I remember that.
1: That was actually... <laughs> their, no, 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 to be fair, that was their first...
3: It's absolutely brilliant. That was absolutely their first track, wasn't it? it? Yep, it's just basically a Northern Soul-like takeoff, isn't it? Mm. And then uh, Gary Newman, Music for Chameleons, but I think that was played by Mick Kahn, so anything played by Mick Kahn, so all of the Japan stuff, all yeah. of the melodic fretless. Kind of stuff. I love all that. Sound like a man after my own heart. Fascist Groove Thing by Heaven17, if I didn't say it already.
1: Uh, no, didn't hear that one. Okay. Well, we'll try and... I'll put some links into those. I'll f- see if I can find them. Or if somebody can send some YouTube links, we'll, we'll put them in and people can have a good listen. Dave Spears. You're a bit of a
4: soul boy. I'm expecting... <laughs> I don't know. What am I expecting? You're expecting Boogie on Reggae Woman, Stevie yeah. yeah. Wonder? Anything by Stevie Wonder. Maybe your baby. Stevie Wonder. Bjork, Army of Me. Lonnie Liston Smith, Expansions. Oh, yeah. Boyfriends. Patrice, Russian, Forget Me Nots. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Tony Levin on that Peter Gabriel. uh, What's that called? I don't remember. I like that a lot. Word Girl, Scritty Politti, And it wouldn't be complete without an Underworld track, which would have to be Mona.
1: All right. (laughs) Is that Mona as in. uh, Mona or. Never mind.
0: I, I don't, I've i got the Spyless Magazine's Top 50 in front of me here, and uh, you just read off uh, a whole list of, uh, that are on here, so you should check it out, including Mona. And, of course, Good Times is there at number, th- uh, number three. And um, did anybody say, I feel loved on a summer?
1: Yeah, well, that's got to be, hasn't it? I did. Marauder's Finest.
0: But yeah, What's this uh, there's, What's there's a lot of... Uh, um, Spyless, mag just put yes. Top 50 baselines into, into Google and look them up.
4: All right, we'll check them out. Thanks, Dave. As Rich Hilton said on the chat, James Jameson. Anything by James Jameson. Oh, I don't know him. What's he? What's he? Um, should I? I'm sure. I'm sure. I should. Oh dear. Back of the class, Mr. Motown.
1: Right then. Well, thanks for your bass lines. Uh, this this thing came from Matrix Synth, um, and it was basically uh, any excuse to show girls and technology, or girls using technology, which they weren't really, but they sing about a synthesizer. So I'm going to play this for you now, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> synthesiser is coming up shortly. Fantastic, I think you'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't it just that was? I, I think that's one of the things that appealed to me because it's so. I'm a sucker for um, you know cheesy pop music that's got that's a bit true. of an edge. Uh, but I thought that was really good. I mean, the lyrics suck, obviously. that was Red Blooded Women, and they're kind of UK pop electro act. And um, the rest of the stuff, you know, isn't isn't up to that much. But that one just seems to stand out to me. And also there was a video, which is why it kind of showed up. You know, they put synthesizer in the keywords for the tags and there it was. Um, but apparently um, they canvassed for their album, all, the, all their tracks, they canvassed via MySpace to get producers. You know, they didn't go to kind of, um, as as somebody put it, fat Swedish producer type. They just canvassed, um, you know, wannabes from MySpace and came up with all that. I don't know if it's true. I haven't had a chance to verify it. Anyone else feel feel good about it, or is it just me? Am I on my own totally?
0: I think I should have gone for the fat tweed.
1: <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> Didn't you like it? Or maybe the fat guy from Connecticut. Could do with I a better mix, sure.
0: I saw the YouTube video. It looked oh, like I... sort of bad Eurovision.
1: Yes, it did. They were dressed in bin liners, which were really unflattering.
0: <laughs> and I've been to enough Eurovision to know what, what bad is.
1: I think I need to award myself uh, one of these, then, by the sound of it. That's my own personal tumbleweed moment
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh, nobody really got that, then, did they? they did it kind of work for them? What about Mark? Help me out here. Was there anything about it that you liked?
3: I did quite. I did quite like it. I thought it was quite interesting, and I, saw, I thought it was like you know, life had jumped back twenty years, and then it made me feel old, and I <laughs> feel old that they were wearing bin liners. Actually, <laughs> the they mixed their decades a bit, didn't they?
1: Nobody going to help me out here. You all think it's rubbish. Is that what you're trying to tell me? What's the rhyme? She says, I stand beside you, I'll be your synthesizer. Was it something like that? It's not high art, obviously. It's pop music, but I just like the production. Right, I'm going to move on then, because I just feel completely dissed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do the tumbleweed again.
1: (laughs) Oh god! I made that from obviously a sample of a Deliverance and uh, my own sourced wind sound because I well, was quite interested, because while well, I was actually looking for something that was a tumbleweed kind of sound, I was thinking what could that possibly be? And I, I for some reason, it came out. But does that conjure up tumbleweed for you, or did I have to? Yeah, su- definitely. Yeah, okay. no, it's good. Great. Got something right then? I was playing along. <laughs> I was playing along <laughs> gets faster later. Actually, one thing that's worth mentioning is um, there's a firewire petition over at Petitions Online. There's a uh, thirteen thousand odd people have uh, put their names to a. Uh, a- A petition that says, essentially, we all love your products, Apple Inc., but you recently refreshed your line of consumer notebooks that lacks the possibility to plug in digital audio and video equipment as well as fast mass storage devices. Therefore, we pledge to purchase a new Mac or MacBook Air if you, the inventor of Firewire technology, would be so kind to bring back Firewire ports to those products. I'm not sure I'd want to put my name to that, but I mean, just you get the gist of it.
3: I wonder if it'll work. It'll only work when they've got 13,940 total signatures. <laughs> Is that what it says? Firewire's one, no, 1394. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like what you're
1: saying? Yeah, 1394. Hmm. Oh, actually, oh, yeah. One million. No, that's, that's wrong.
2: But they've already surpassed that. I just want to correct something I said last week about the Apple computers. I was mistaken about the RAM topping out at 2 gig. They do go up to 4 gig. Yes, and I think I you're wrong. right
1: actually. The this is from cracked.com uh, this was um Seven Music Trends uh, whose return must be stopped. And uh, this was quite good fun. I mean, it's a bit light-hearted, but it's uh, it's written with a bit of wit. And um the f- Should we do them in uh, in reverse order? The first one was the child exploitation in rap. I mean, who remembers Criss Cross? Jump, jump, okay. everybody jump. Mind you, that's one of the only um, examples that they cite that I could actually remember. But they did, unfortunately, um, come up with this chap, Bentley Green, who is, I don't know, he's like sort of six or four or something. And he does a rap about single mums. And he was on the Ellen DeGeneres show and everything. And it's it was, it, I'll play you a bit. I, 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 excuse me if I vomit. I can't take any more of that, actually. But you get the idea.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible! I mean, it's quite sweet, I suppose. But I just can't help but think that Seems he's like kind a of... squeaky toy. I know, but he's, he's he sounds like he's kind of one degree away from having a really bad potty mouth, as you say in the states.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanna see, it
1: shouldn't.
0: Like... Oh no! Leave it alone. <laughs> That's very good.
1: It's very good. The other one was obviously number six is charity supergroup songs. Uh, we Are the World, of course, Do They Know It's Christmas, Feed the World, Voices That Care, that kind of thing. Uh, apparently there's a, there's a worry that um, it's going to be coming back um, as, obviously, the record industry figure out that uh, the only way to sell lots and lots of records is bring every group that they can they sell a little bit of together into one massive supergroup with a sort of cuddly toy, stroke the puppy kind of vibe, and then everybody will buy it. Excellent. We could do one for bankers, couldn't we? There's a thought.
2: What's, what track would be appropriate for... My name is Billy Billy Preston's nothing from nothing leaves nothing.
1: Okay, uh, number five was uh, group names with numbers in them. UB40, 112, 3T, All for One, U2, Boys to Men, Emanate, that sort of stuff. I didn't think that was so bad. No, that doesn't seem particularly offensive to me. I think they've
2: been a bit over the top on that. No, I don't like it. I don't like it in I don't even like it in a text message. I don't like it. So it's just me. A <laughs> but problem uh, I, so I have, are I you guess.
1: are you a predictive text person or do you kind of type it all out in full? I type, type it out in, out in full. But if you're in a hurry, you I are did, tempted did, to put did, four instead of four, aren't you? And two instead of two, or is it just not
2: No. No. <laughs> no. no.
3: No. Okay, I think I get it. Five hundred free texts every month. Why do you need to shorten everything? Say things properly, for God's sake. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Oh, hair metal. Not sure if they want to see hair metal. Yes, back. Kim. Qu- Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Wasp, Doc, and Twisted Sister warrant Poison.
2: Anybody got any hair metal stories? I've uh, recently seen uh, a reconstructed Blue Oyster cult play locally. Now, they weren't really a hair metal band, I'll admit. However, they had on bass Rudy Sarzo from Quiet Riot. Who uh, is still sporting some hair, uh, disproportionate to his age, and um, uh, insisted on pouting through much of the show, which I find incredibly distracting, and wanted to say, Rudy, why must you pout?
1: No, (laughs) why must you pout? Sounds like a good title for a song. So, uh, yes, hair metal, I think that gets a thumbs up from all of our panel. We had the Darkness um, sort of attempt to crack America, didn't they? But they all came back with sort of terrible drug problems and were broken men and had to go into rehab. So it obviously didn't. Maybe it's not due for a, it's not due for a, a, a sort of reconvention of that particular type of music. Uh, and they've got at number three, Dudes as Ugly Chicks. And I think this is probably a little bit uh, unnecessary. But Boy George and Marilyn are the two that they, they cite. I don't think that, I think that's kind of good. It's good to have a
3: bit of personality.
1: So you know, I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that one. A bit of dressing up, you know, that sort
3: of thing. I like that picture of Boy George with that paint on his head. Yeah, it's quite striking, wasn't seen it? Him. I've seen him like that. It looks brilliant. It looks really brilliant because it's just so out there. It's brilliant. Number two, warbling diva and menacing, menacing dude rapper Dave
1: Robinson. I think you'll appreciate this one. You can uh, you can use your um, snap.
0: I'm as serious as cancer. Uh, yeah, well, it was Turbo B again, wasn't it? And uh, and that woman doing um, Lolita Hathaway, or was it? Who was it saying? the oh, Power"? No, it wasn't uh, the woman from Snap.
1: No, I'm was trying to Lita remember I Yes, I forget now.
0: Those those kind of records with uh, with Warbling Diva, and, you know, it hasn't gone away, has it? I mean, look, you've, you've got Black Eyed Peas, and uh, Where Is A Love, phenomenally successful. And they kind of, they just about got away with it. But that sort of thing, you can't, I mean, I don't think that's ever, ever gone away. I'm not saying I approve of it, but at least well, Black Eyed Peas do it in a, in a way that is acceptable. I mean,
1: I've worked on that sort of record. Go on, fess up. Dave Spears, I'm sure you have. I don't know whether I have, actually. Really? Ah, oh, something missing from no, your life. No, no. Mark, what about yeah, you? Yeah, probably. Have you done that sort of thing?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Lots of warbling, Dave, yes, I have, yes. I think it needs to be In room 101, actually, because I think that the warbling diva thing got well overdone at the end of the 80s and the beginning of the 90s, and all the white women wanted to sound black for a long time, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I suppose so.
3: Have I overstepped the.
1: (laughs) No, no, but that's technically correct. Andrew. I don't think that's, I don't <laughs> think that's a, a, an unfair thing to say I think the thing is about all of that stuff is that uh, it, it's a funny dynamic in the studio because you've got these kind of people like you know myself, I mean I work with uh, a couple of I'm not, I know Rich you work with great singers all the time but it, for me it was quite unusual to have a good singer sort turn up and they come along and they sing all over your kind of hastily thrown together backing track and then you cut it all up and kind of try and turn it into something else because you're not able to kind of respond to their ability to play so you end up with this sort of you know, you take the energy, you you suck the energy out of their performance by sort of sampling it and reconstituting it in a way that makes your track sound better. <laughs> I
3: think, and I think that must still happen a lot. And you have to remember to sleep with them as well.
0: No, I was overstepped Mark.
3: Yeah, that was going too far. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Actually, <laughs> I've done a couple of these. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Ah, oh, yes. now you remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nomad.
1: Have you brought it up that up. Oh, no, was it Nomad? Yeah, what Gosh. was that called? I want to give you give
4: devotion. You, give you did you do it? Did you work on that? Yeah, that was done in Reading. <laughs> and that was, uh, what was the other one I did? Um, Angie Brown? She was another one. It was brilliant, because I completely Angie over-compressed Brown. that B- vocal Bizarre, thing. It came out Bizarre really badly. Bizarre? Yes. yes. yes um, wasn't I'm going to get you Yes I, I, I Am, that one. That was good, I like that. Like I say, I completely screwed up the vocal. I think I put the compression on about 600,000 to one. When it came back, it was like about, it was really, really tiny. <laughs> Excellent. And very distorted. I think it was an improvement. Was that on the record path then? Yes, of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> These Warbling Divas though, they need a lot of reining in, don't they? Rich, Warbling d- Diva and Menacing Dude Rapper. I don't know, have you done much of that?
2: No, not together in the same place. Uh, and very little of a menacing dude rapper uh, i've done a few but not many and uh warbling divas i've done quite a few of but but uh not so much with rappers or rappers at all really hardly occasionally
1: so just to pull it back into the um arena of music technology just for one second what, what's your preferred record path for a warbling diva or does it depend on the warbling diva
2: it does depend on the warbling diva but let's take Patty LaBelle is an example. Okay, she's got a very Um, loud voice, doesn't she? She can sing loud. When she wants to, but she also has a very quiet voice. Uh, Uh, Almost any of the really good singers have a lot of dynamic range and some kind of mic technique. However, you still, at least if you're me, want to have some kind of gain reduction kicking in at some point in all of that. And the trick is to figuring out whether you're going to get that point before that point arrives for real. You know what I mean in terms of setting it up, because you really don't want to overcompress the thing. And no, so sure. uh, it's tricky; it's it's real tricky with somebody with that dyna- that much dynamic range who can sing, you know, well at both ends of it. How do you deal with that? And I so uh, my, well, my thing is uh, a little bit of compression applied more than once goes a lot much further and keeps the thing sounding much better than squashing the hell out of it either on the record side or the playback side. So I tend to be conservative with compression on vocals more so than others. Now I've kind of loosened up on that because nowadays everybody's flatlining their vocals and I can't stand to do that, but I use more than I used to. But even still, I prefer to use a little tiny bit only on the ho- on the loudest things on the way in and then just a little bit on the way back before it hits the bus compressor and uh, prefer to ride level than to comp- just over compress.
3: Right.
1: I guess the thing is also, if, you're a, if you are a warbling diva, and you, you're involved in that sort of thing, you know, you must just be asked to belt it out all the time. It must be kind of dull, because, I mean, obviously, if you can actually do all of this other stuff, but nobody wants to hear it because you've got to shout over a rap track, it must be quite difficult to um, be understood artistically.
3: I was going to say the, one that, the woman that annoys me the most is Mariah Carey, because she seems to go into these ridiculous vocal exercises every time she opens her mouth, and it's just like, shut up and sing the song already, and just, like, why? Why all that extra (laughs) stuff? It's unnecessary, and it makes me angry.
1: Does it? Well, I get the same with Christina Aguilera, actually, because I know she can sing, because I remember Jeannie in a Bottle, which I think was one of the finest pop singles for a couple of years, actually. Very, very good record. And she wasn't kind of warbling all over it, and now that's all she does. And it's a shame, really. But, I mean, I guess it's the genre, you know. What do I know?
0: Sorry, I was going to say, I've got to go. I'm sorry, I've got to go and... Uh, I've got uh, some, some menacing rapper outside the door. I've got to go and tend to, I'm afraid. Uh,
1: Dave Robinson, on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, Dave.
0: Thank you very much.
1: See you again. Cheers. See you mate. So, Rich, you were saying...
2: Like with anything, the technique does not confer upon one the wisdom of, of knowing when to use it. And... In the case of a lot of these uh, singers who want to, you know, make, you know, want to be Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin's, and such, um, what happens is they forget that you have to tell the story before you elaborate on it. Which is what great jazz players knew. They would give you the melody first, then they'd elaborate on it, and you're on the journey with them because you've learned the melody with them telling it to you, and then they go on. And this happens in all kinds of art, particularly, you know, time based art like writing and such, but. They all give it up in the first verse, and then you got no place to go. Yeah. There's no well, dynamic true. room left to be able to continue. So then you play and top this. Yeah. And it just gets screechier and screechier and more annoying. And so if you don't yeah. tell the story the first time around, there's nothing, the, the audience isn't with you and all your brilliant elaboration because they don't know what you're elaborating on. Yeah, because they never heard the tune in the first place. That is absolutely
3: brilliant. I mean, I just got pins and needles up the back of my neck when you were saying that. That's just so <laughs> spot on, work. what you said. Yeah, well said, <laughs> Rich.
1: Well said. That was a good... That was a very but, good... Um, but,
3: but maybe that's my problem with Mar- Mariah Carey, because I'm not really a Mariah Carey fan. Just every so often she comes on the radio and she's doing this really, you know, elaborate vocal exercise thing. And maybe if I'd followed her career right from when she first opened her mouth... I probably would have heard all the melodies that she's elaborating on and I would probably be along with everyone else thinking. I mean, I do think she's a wonderful singer, but I just think it's unnecessary what she does. So, Yeah, no, I I think
1: that's a really good point, though. And, and, And I think that's also, to a degree, I mean, because, you know, when you're constructing a pop arrangement, you have to leave something for the chorus out, you know, because otherwise if you put the chorus in at the beginning, it's like when you go and see a movie, isn't it? And um, and the trailer shows you the monster. And you think, well, there's no point in going to see it now because there's nothing... I've seen everything. You know, I, I know what it looks like. And the whole point was... It used to be with those kind of scary films that you'd kind of wait and wait and wait, and the anticipation made the the payoff all that better. And it just seems like there's not much of a payoff in much of these things. It's sort of, you've got to be hooked in straight away because they're only going to play the first 16 bars anyway. The last and number one, and probably the one that's most deserving of this, is song-specific dances. And it goes to list um, here, which is, uh, I, I'm not too aware of, The Twist from 1960, The Nutbush, 1973, The Bus Stop, The Cabbage Patch, 1987 achy breaky heart 1992 but the all-time worst one of all times is going to be the macarena of 1996 is everybody with me on that does that get a wholehearted yay Yes,
4: yeah, yes not... definitely.
1: Yeah, I just remember the Macarena from it was in the Olympics, wasn't it? Atlanta Olympics. And they just all they did was play because it rained a lot or there were delays for some reason. All they did is show people in the stands doing the bloody Macarena because they played it between every event. And it really, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the old boys that wrote the original track. That's great. But I just, the dance thing was too much for me. <laughs>
4: I used to do, you know, those corporate video things where they'd always have their sort of annual end-of-year thing, and it would always end with the Macarena, and it was about that time that I thought of getting a shotgun.
1: Shotgun wedding?
4: No, just, yes, you know what I mean.
1: Yes, I know what you mean, and I don't condone that in any way. <laughs> Mass murder in a public place is definitely not something that we want to, we want to pr- promote here. Well, on that last note, has anybody got anything to add? Rich Hilton, how do you feel about song-specific
2: dances? I think the Macarena serves a very useful social function for people at parties. <laughs> I do. Well, I, I do. I don't much like it, but it's fun for a lot of. I watch a lot of people having a blast doing a line dance, and uh, I can't recall the last line dance before that. The closest thing I can recall was that dance about the limbo. You remember how low can you go, and yeah. you'd have to like go under a stick without touching the floor, kind of thing. You know, but but uh, line dances hadn't been around for a long time, so I applaud them for reviving the line dance, and I applaud the people who enjoy doing it, and I'm usually not one of them.
1: You turn your back on it and just go to the bar.
2: Yeah, more or less.
1: So that was the top seven music trends whose return must be stopped, and that was over at crack.com. So thank you very much to our guests. Obviously, we've seen Dave Robinson from um, prosoundnewseurope.com already leave because he has to get out uh, of the building he only books it for a certain amount of time and uh we'll say goodbye and thank you to dave spears from G4Software dot software.com thank you very much are, are we emtron pro any closer to
4: uh to unveiling or is it still in the balance uh no we are we are um it's looking like monday okay <laughs> i kind of left that hanging there didn't i
1: yes but that's fine looking like monday that'll do That'll do. Anyway, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you for joining us. And also, uh, Mark Tinley, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you very much. I enjoyed that. I'm going to go to bed now.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yes. god have been up since. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You can have a nice sleep. Anyway, you can find what Mark's up to at funnymachine.com. Uh, Rich Hilton from Connecticut uh, at the beginning of your day, I guess.
2: Uh, yes, it is. And big fun as always here.
1: Okay, well, I am I hope it set you up for a chuckle on the way to work. And, um, Mm-hmm. We shall see you again soon. Uh, obviously, Rich Hilton can be found myspace dot com forward slash hiltonius. Okay, guys, thank you very much.
5: Some of the busiest rhymes ever made by man are going into this mic written by this hand, are coming out of this mouth made by this tongue. I tell you now, my, man, my name is Young, but so you think that this that your destiny to get the best of me. But I suggest to be quiet, but don't even try from the east and west of me. Taking it to never breaking it, to even shaking it, grooving it, to know it's moving it, because I'm not making it. Pulling out rhymes like books off the shelf. Born in England, it's a hollow stuff I go for myself. This is stone cold rhyming, no bills, no bluffs, and it's no accident that these rhymes sound tough. I'm going off, baby, there's no turning back. I'm on your TV, on the album cassette. And- And when the show is finally finished, I'll be taking my bow. My name is Younger, yo, I got no house, you know what I'm saying?